was reading Psychic Witch. And there's something that I haven't done is exercise too. It was talking about being a child and how children are more psychic than adults because they're more imaginative and they're more immersed in their imagination and they're more easily able to access their imagination and just tap into that. And so it said one of the exercises is to pick a day and pretend that you're psychic all day and just make guesses about people all day and pretend that you're right, pretend that you see auras, pretend everything, and don't second guess yourself. You're playing a game. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. So you just pretend all day. So that's kind of how my life already is. Um, I think some of this is like we talked about the trauma stuff because I've been uh, stuck at a certain age. So the imagination is kind of out of control and all the shamans and people that I've ever journeyed with they're always like oh wow well you have this ability to go really deep and I'm like I think it's just because I live in my alternate universe constantly but I do agree with the thing about kids because my kids sometimes when they were little could read my mind Uh, I was having these panic attacks that Avery was going to choke and he said mom I'm not going to die by choking can you just stop And I literally did not say anything to him that day. I was thinking it in my head because I was like, I don't want to say it and put it out into the universe. And then he just like called it. And I was like, what the fuck? And the same thing with Sierra. I mean, that kid always, and I think part of some of the things that she's gone through in life is because she's so tapped in. And unfortunately, like I've always wanted a real Harry Potter school for children, because I think if you could harness that at a young age, because everybody has these gifts and abilities. Everybody has these gifts. Okay. So literally you need to, you need to read this book that I'm holding and I wish everyone can see it, but it's Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. And it's a metaphysical guide to meditation, magic, and manifestation. And it's literally everything we've been talking about. It is everything we've been talking about, about how you can use your imagination, about how you can tap in. It even talks about like, it it weaves in science. It talks about alpha and theta brain waves and how children are more likely to have those brain waves. And that when you're in daydreaming, when you're in deep thought, when you're in meditation, your brain waves change and how you can tap into all of these things is basically, it's already inside you. I love this book because it's like, everyone is psychic already right you just need to teach yourself how to use these gifts that are already inside you and all the things that i'm reading in here are all of the things i've thought my whole life but it's just like it gives you these sweet cute little exercises that you can do to really start to like force yourself out of your pre-programmed preconditioned brain allow yourself these psychic so You know how some people take the course of miracles and then they have these like offshoot groups and these people meet and then they like do the exercises together and then they write about their experiences. I almost feel like we should create a group that does the. We should do that. Well, it says one of these exercises is uh, an exercise that they do in groups and they recommend doing it in groups. And that was the um, pretend that you're psychic for a day and just make guesses. So you just basically, you have two people, one person 
takes a turn being the psychic and they make a bunch of uh, predictions and at, your parents got married in 1983 and da 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 da. And like you, they don't say if you're wrong at all. They never, like the person who's not pretending to be the psychic doesn't ever say, you know, no, that's not right. Because as soon as you say no, you shut down. So they don't say anything, but every time you get something right, they reaffirm that you got it right. So it just like reaffirms everything and makes you feel confident. And so much of this is just your own ego getting in the way of your own shit. Which is what we've talked about a thousand times. Ten million times. So I think we should fill in our folks who just, yeah, they used to listen to us and then they've reached out to us and they're like, hey, we really love you guys. Shout out to Carlos because you've been a super huge support among many other folks who listen. But just the messages from people saying how much they miss us. And um, so I think we should fill in a few of the things that have been going on in life. You've had a lot of huge things going on in life. Um, And some of that was psychic. Some of that was like psychic experiences that we had in Oregon. Yes. So uh, I think that's where we should pick up. Our last podcast we did together was in Oregon back in April during Pizza Week. We decided that we were writing a book. And we took a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast because we've been trying to focus on writing this book about our experiences surrounding adoption and dispelling sort of the myths about adoption and about adopted people and and people who have given up their children for adoption and just kind of filling in the blanks that are left in that conversation. And it's been really powerful and it's been really intense. Uh, and so it's taken up a lot of our time and energy to just get these thoughts out there, not even getting them on paper, but just talking about it a lot and reliving some of those traumas. And so that's where we were at in Oregon. We had this brilliant idea to do this. And then I flew back from Oregon and the next day immediately had to get my second COVID shot. And so I got my second COVID shot I should back up a little bit. So I I flew back in. I spent some time with my parents. I showed them all the pictures and the videos. I put it on the big screen. We had a good time. And then I had to go get my shot. And I uh, immediately started getting symptoms within a few hours. And it was brutal. It felt like a truck had run over my shoulder. And I had chills. I had a little bit of a fever. I had aches and pains in my joints and my muscles. My skin hurt. I felt warm, but also cold at the same time. I was sick. I was just fucked. Absolutely fucked. And my dad texted me, Hey, sorry, I didn't call you today. I knew you were feeling sick and I just wanted to give you some space. And I texted him back, thanks so much, I'll see you tomorrow. And then I got a call from my mom that my dad had somehow fallen while getting into bed. And she was waiting for the fire department, the paramedics, to help get him into bed. And I went over there uh, just to wait with her for the nurse to come in and he was not doing well. It was really strange. He didn't have anything broken. There were maybe one tiny little bruise. He was just, it was strange. He was very, very weak in a way I had never seen him before. 
But he had gone through things like this before. He had gotten sick and worse than this even and kicked its ass. So we kind of all thought, you know, he'll boot and rally. And his nephew was supposed to come visit with his wife, two of my favorite people on the planet. And I called them and I said, hey, you know, dad fell and it's not good. He's really, um, he's really not himself. So I just wanted you to know what you're going to be walking into. And he ended up calling my mom and my brother and my dad. And we all talked about it. My dad was adamant that they come. And so they did. And my dad had a a nice time. He talked with Brian and Marsha and his sister, uh, my aunt Peggy came over and they had some nice little conversations. He seemed like he was doing a little better. We weren't able to get him to eat anything. I was really stressing out about this. I was like, you need to stay hydrated. It's really important you stay hydrated. He said he'd try and drink more water. He wasn't able to get out of the bed. He really wasn't even able to move much in bed. So it was not good. And I still don't understand how a person falling can and trigger something like this. But Bryant and Marsha were moving. They had just sold their house in Michigan. And were moving to their house in Massachusetts. And so they were spending the night. And uh, so it, we had a very nice evening with everybody. I left for the night around 1231 o'clock. I, my dad was asleep. I didn't want to wake him up. I kind of just said quietly, you know, good night, dad. I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, went to leave. Everybody went to bed. Got a call in the morning. So I woke up the next morning and got the call from my mom. And I could tell by the sound of her voice that my dad had passed. I didn't ask because I didn't want to know and I wanted to be wrong. So I basically drove to her house screaming, please, God, no, please let me be wrong. And it was, I was not wrong. And I texted Alex or I called him from the from the basement, I think. And I said, uh, I don't want to talk to anyone, but can you tell my friends what happened so that they know to leave me alone? I don't want to talk to anyone right now. But I really didn't explain to Alex what was going on. I just kind of thought that he would know the same way that I knew based on the phone conversation that I had. I guess he was still holding out hope that my dad was okay. Um, And when I finally talked to him later, I said, Hey, did you tell everybody? And he was like, yeah, I told them that he's not doing well. And I'm like, no, hon, he's gone. I needed you to tell everyone that he was gone. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe it. And then he told me something really strange. He said, you were awake at 5 a.m. this morning, sitting bolt upright in bed. And I asked you why you were awake. And you said, I don't know. And I told you to go back to bed and you did. And I said, I don't remember any of that at all. I don't remember being awake. I don't remember you talking to me. I don't remember speaking back to you at all. 
So I think, I don't know, maybe my dad like swung by and was like, hey, going to the other side. It's going to be weird for a while and I'll be here for you. And he has been here for me in every way imaginable. In the smallest, weirdest, like I wanted pizza from Portland. All of a sudden there's a company that'll ship pizza from Portland to me. I wanted Portland Cider Company Cider. All of a sudden, Portland Cider Company Cider is in this Cider Summit pack that will ship across the country. It's so weird, but it's been like everything that I've just been like, I just want blank. My dad's like, my daughter wants blank. I'm going to get her blank. It's funny because that's my attitude. That was my attitude um, with my dad. I was like, whatever my father wants, my father gets. I would go to the grocery store, whatever he wanted, I'd get it. Whoever was behind the counter, you, that's the last one I want. It. It's for my dad. Whatever my father wants, my father gets. I think And I feel like he's doing the same thing. It's been weird. He yeah. has, he's made <laughs> I do believe that's true. Well, you always said and it's something that I love that like because I do believe all the timelines and everything are things are changing in some weird way but that it's like it's all one like you're not like you're there you know you're there and you're here and you're everywhere so it just changes I think the whole goal in life is actually to be comfortable in these uncomfortable spaces like death, which is easy to say when you haven't lost a lot of people, but when you have, it really becomes more real. Like it is. And it's hard because on one hand, I think my dad is in a much better place. I think he's chilling. He's not suffering. He's having a good time. He's probably, you know, like eating all the food and drinking all the drinks and maybe smoking the weed. I don't know, whatever you do on the other side and uh, having a good time. But I'm sad because I miss him and I can't talk to him and I can't hug him and I can't call him. Can't bug him. Can't ask him any questions. And it's, it's, it's a really big adjustment because you go from like, okay, I have a migraine. I'm going to call dad. He know, he'll know why. He'll tell me, you know, it was the humidity. It was the temperature drop. He'll know exactly what it was that did this to me. And like my first instinct is still like, I got to call dad. He's going to explain why I have a migraine today. Or even when Alex and I are like joking about like an end of the world scenario, I'm like, I got to get my dad. I got to <laughs> in it. A zombie apocalypse. My first instinct is still, how do I protect my dad? I don't have to anymore. It's weird. But do you it's think honest. maybe you could start exercising that ability to really speak and hear your dad maybe? Like through maybe some of these exercises with this book you're reading? Maybe. Yeah. And make that kind of reality? Because I definitely think he's been around I definitely think he's been um, helping me out in every way possible. I don't want to jinx the thing, but there is a thing. 
<laughs> we both know about the thing and it's next week and uh after the thing happens and it will happen we can talk about the thing it's on a magical date i want to know though what day exactly did your dad pass i can't remember now it was the day before chico's birthday it was may 6th okay which is weird to me i don't know it's the six seven thing but um Chico's birthday is May 7th. Coronado's birthday is March 7th. My dad passed on May 6th and Chico passed on March 6th. I don't know. Huh. I'm trying to remember when my grandpa's birthday was because, you know, with us, we have these weird dates that are just too... Convergence coincidences. Right, right, which we don't really believe in. But the other weird thing is, is that, you know, we timed this trip to Oregon to kind of like, I don't know, it was almost like to uplift your spirit, yeah. you know, and then it was like the perfect timing in a sense, because we uplifted your spirit. And then this happened. And it was almost like even your dad knew that you had to be there and you had to like experience the things and we had to come up with a book idea. And we're gonna, we're gonna put a you know, this is a devotion to your dad. There was all these things. We talked about while we were in Oregon, we yeah. talked about dedicating the book to dad. Yeah. But then like, even just talking to him, like I, I would never have an opportunity to talk to him unless we were together. Yeah, that's true. You know? And so there were just like, really, yeah, it was strange. But then it's to me, it's just like all of the things that are our normal. Our normal weird. Our normal weird. Like from the very beginning, our normal weird, which is this like, weird spiritual undercurrent and then I, I like to go completely off topic but kind of on topic it. it made me think about how like okay so what if everybody wrote their own bible kind of I know this sounds weird but I'm just like trying to understand this thought because you know essentially the bible is just a book of family stories and then they have like these allegories and these meanings but every family has this like lineage and this stories and lessons and things that you're supposed to uncover and work through in your lineage and of course we share a lineage and so i'm almost like i feel like everybody's supposed to write their own sort of spiritual book I mean, I know that's what we're doing, but I feel like in order to understand all of the things that you're going through, yeah. journal it out, but then then take the lessons out, sure. find the magic in it, and then that's your Bible, your path. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, like they have like the book of John or the book of Tobit or the book of whatever. And we haven't decided what we're going to name this. I, I do like that idea that, it, you know, in talking about your life, you can find the magic. And in that magic, there are those lessons that you can share with other people. And I kind of hope that our book inspires people maybe to write or to talk about their th their things that they didn't want to talk about or... I don't know. I had a lot of interesting conversations with my mom because of this. I have a friend, shout out to my friend, Jess. Yeah. She's a listener who is going to be yeah. adopting soon. She nice. is in the process. It's a very long process, very arduous. 
And we went out with her and her husband, Arnie, who I also adore. Shout out to Arnie. And so it was my mom and I and Arnie and Jess, and we talked a lot about adoption. And I sent her three chapters that I have written in this book. And so it's inspired a lot of conversation already, uh, just about what makes a family and what adoption really means and, and the trauma behind things. And I've been able to talk to my mom about it more openly and honestly than I ever have before. She's been awesome lately. I don't know. I think she said that ever since my dad passed, she wants to be more like him in his honor. And I really think she's putting in the work to, to actually do that. I know a lot of people say things when someone passes, but she's been following through. And we've been getting along better than ever, which is cool. And she's really excited to read this book, which makes me nervous. <laughs> it makes me nervous, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but I think she has evolved to the point where she'll be able to read it without getting offended or hurt because she was there. She knows the story. She understands what happened. Yeah. And I think, that's, I mean... And I'm very nice of how I write these things. Well, you love your parents and they're wonderful people. So it's not hard to, you know, but in the course of anyone's life story, even wonderful people, heroic people are human beings. Like, I mean, that's the part, you know, that everyone beats themselves up all the time. But I really, like, even with my own difficult past with my mom, it's, I feel like she was her trauma and the things that she put in front of my path helped create the person that I am today. So I'm extremely grateful and gracious of those things, even though they were difficult. And there's certain parts of this book that are people yeah. are going to be like, your mom is fucking crazy. But she did the best she could with the tools she had available. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of tools available. She was very young. She's only 20 years older than me. And, you know, I want to also honor her because she's going to be reading this book. And I know that some of it's going to be very difficult because it was difficult to live through. Yeah. But she also needs to hear it. And I think sometimes it's easier to read it than it is to listen. Yeah. Well, we've had the hard conversations, so I hope she doesn't feel like I'm just like dragging up dirt on her. Um, oh, you I don't know? think she will. This isn't her story. This is your story. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's different now. Like I'm more of like an observer of the past emotions than I am of that, that person. Like that person was this little sweet, like baby, like, you know, that went through these things. And so I feel for this person that I know I was, you know, living in that person's body but it definitely, I mean, all those cells are gone. Like, I am not that same person yeah. in so many ways. And so it's it's bizarre. It's a little bizarre to, like, go back and relive that. Your brain is still not fully developed until you're about 25, 26 to make those permanent lifelong decisions. You don't really understand cause and effect and until you're older. And I know this because I was a young 19 year old brat with uh, poor, poor life choices that I made. You always, even your poor life choices periods though. I mean, I've always been in awe of your 
um, maturity or I don't know what it was. It's because I can even as when I met you, I was in my 30s and you were 19. 19. And I literally felt like always we've always been on the same page. It's weird. I've never felt like, oh, this young person. And that's where I think it it was very confusing for and I, and I'm immature because of my trauma. You know, some of it I love and some of it is what it is. But um, we jumped into this like we always talk about without really understanding like all the repercussions, everyone's emotions, all of the shit that was like going to get turtled up. Yeah. And so it's been fascinating. If anyone ever needs help going through like a reunited adoption process or. Yeah, I would love to um, reach out to folks and try and help um, steer them away from making some of the mistakes that we made. But it's funny when I talk to my mom now, uh, one of the things she said when we were with Jess and Arnie was like, why wouldn't you want your child to have more people to love them? Right. And I was like, I know you know that now. But <laughs> there was a minute. <laughs> but that's like the like, I know you are coming to this with the wisdom yes. of years of trial and error, <laughs> but that was not how you felt. Right. In I the mean, beginning. In the beginning. And it and, and it's funny because I was so naive to the idea that she would be threatened in any way because I'm like, you got because all this. It doesn't time. make sense because we weren't thinking about that. No, I was like, oh, but you've had all this time and it's just another person to love her and not thinking rationally at all because I sometimes am like an idiot when it comes to certain situations. I walk in to the door that is shut, thinking it's open. And, you know, it's okay, though. I mean, and, and honestly, it was okay, because maybe certain things had to slow down or, th- you know, the universe wasn't quite ready for us. to. Well, have- you know, it. I do think things happen for a reason. I do, because we both have our weird quirks. And for us to get to the point we are now, which is doing this podcast, writing this book, I think we did have to have that little break. So yeah. that we could, I don't know, come back to it with, yeah. with a fresh perspective or some shit. I don't know. It just, I know there was a reason yeah. and I sort of understand it. Yeah. I kind of wish that my mom hadn't have been like a victim of that, you know, because for a while there, it was a lot of hurt feelings for her and yeah. I didn't want anyone to get hurt. And it's hard to be the person that's in the middle. You're like, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I'm always in the middle. Everybody to get along. But I know what that's like because I'm always the middle. Uh, people are always like shoving me in the middle because I'm good at well, balance. Conflict resolution. Yes. And uh, mediation. I, I've always done this. Like my brother and my mom used to fight and I would be like, hey, I know you're hearing this. But what he means is this. And hey, I know it seems like she's this, but she's really this. And I would have to like go find one of them, talk them down, go find the other one, talk them down, bring them into the room together. All right. Can we have a civil conversation? 
Ren no raised voices. Come on. And even with um, my parents, there were times where they weren't getting along and my dad would rant to me about my mom and my mom would rant to me about my dad and I was there for both of them because I loved them both and neither one of them were wrong. Right. Sometimes there is no bad guy. Well, a lot of life is just miscommunications and I see this more than ever. It's, it's, I really feel like losing your psychic abilities when you come to this earth and losing community as people have, which is a thing that we come back to all the time, is communication and community. Because when we have those two things, I see it with my daughter. Um, it's like we talk two different languages. And I'm starting to realize why. And I'm really trying to step more. It's like I'm trying to learn her language again. You know, like I knew it when she was young. Yeah. But now I'm trying to really understand it. But I mean, that's another trauma thing, though. I mean, when I was a kid, I was the mediator for everyone in my family. And I think it's, you know, is it because we're more psychic? Is it because we hate? This is very interesting, because our two um, big words are communication and community. And they both come from the word common like what we have in common our common ground and that's really where i def i mean as a nation yeah. as a people we're struggling and it it's right there well and people have a lot more common ground than they really want to believe i think you know i mean i think this divisiveness that's all over the planet. I mean, we need to find the common ground instead of finding the differences, instead of finding the judgments, instead of being critical, all of the things that we all do in our lives to some degree, we're critical of friends, family, people we see around us, judgments. And a lot and it's hard because everyone is on their own journey and you're not seeing that whole journey. You're only yeah. seeing the part that they share with you. And sometimes they're going through something that they don't have the strength to talk about. And so maybe it seems like they're an asshole, but really they're not, they're struggling. And sometimes they're really just an asshole though. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's that too, but is someone an asshole because they were born an asshole or are they an asshole because of how they were raised? Are they an asshole because of the community they live in? Are they an asshole because of the trauma they have? I mean, everybody, it's a little of everything. It's a little. It comes down to that old, you know, do you believe human beings are born innately good or innately evil? Well, I think definitely. I think innately good. I don't subscribe to that way I was raised, that sort of original sin concept. But we've talked about that before where it's like, yeah. you know. And I think everybody is kind of on board across the planet. It's just now. So I feel like there's a loss. Some people are trying to scramble to, to latch on to old ways. Like, oh, I was raised Catholic and I, I'm feeling lost. So I'm going to go back to the Catholic church. And then a lot of people are like, it doesn't resonate with me. That's why we have all these churches that are empty because that sort of, 
organized criticism and and only like pieces of information isn't really working for most of us and now we're like all witches and warlocks and magicians and you know i think that that's where the world's headed and i'm kind of psyched about it you know what's really funny is there was something that popped up and it was like a uh, a poll and the question was are you a witch 63 percent of people said yes more than half of people who clicked on that poll said, yeah, I'm a witch. I don't know if they were being uh, tongue in cheek or if they were serious, but according to this book, it doesn't matter. You are what you say you are, which is something that um, therapists will tell you too, because it really does change how you think if how you talk about yourself. You are what you say you are, and you're putting that shit out there. You are wonderful. You're incredible. You're smart. You're creative. You're talented. You're psychic. You're a witch. You're all amazing listeners. And thanks so much for tuning in 